Hey, Fiends of the Pod, this is your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff, reminding you to like, subscribe, and comment. You can also go to cultandclassicfilms.com slash subscribe and sign up to have cult exclusive movies sent to your door every single month. These are ultra low budget exclusive films that we get to you in the best quality possible with tons of extras like commentaries, milk caps, autographed posters, slip covers, all sorts of neat things. And remember, every time you like, subscribe and buy a movie from us, you prevent Michael Bay from making one more film. So go ahead, subscribe and enjoy. Welcome to Compton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends. I am host of Colton Classic Films podcast, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian. And I'm super excited today because we are talking with Rich Wexler. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good. You have I'm so much better of a radio voice than I do. I, I'm, a, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> you know, it comes from it comes from uh, two things. It comes from uh, doing sales <laughs> and doing comedy. You kind of have to, uh, yeah. you know. When your material is just mediocre, you really got to sell it. Uh, yeah, so so Rich, I've wanted to have you on for a long time. I can't wait to get into the stuff. You are you created, um, it was first an Instagram page, and it still is, uh, yeah. Vintage Annals Archive. And you share, you tell me about it. What was the purpose when you started? I just had another interview about an hour ago, and I don't really, I don't, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I've ever had a purpose for any of it. A lot of it has been following a mixture of opportunity and obsession. <laughs> I love the word obsession in that. That's totally, uh, totally great because it, well, when we would get obsessed with something, uh, yeah. uh, it, our like enthusiasm pushes out and it, it really, it really makes it more interesting to other people. Like, you know, it's like, there's, there's been a couple of interviews that I've done. They're wonderful people, but yeah. I haven't even run them because they're so it would actually to me be a disservice to them because oh, no. it just there was no click there was no yeah um there was no passion so uh well, that sucks it, it does suck and also it's you know if, if i've only if, had two of those and i won't talk about them but uh <laughs> otherwise i've been very lucky can <laughs> i good. so can i can can we you want to explain what we're doing and then I'll, yeah if i can ask the first question does that absolutely cool? unless you want to ask the first question it's your show nope you absolutely go i'll right. i'll let you it'll be nice actually to have you pitch the first question so cool. uh what we're going to do today is instead of just a straight interview one way, we figured that we would actually ask each other questions and let the conversation go organically and then, you know, pitch in another question. That way, uh, everybody from both um, the the Vintage Annals Archive outside of podcast and Colton Classic Films podcast fans can kind of get an idea just a little bit more about each other. And also, yeah. I mean, I want to share why I love Vintage Annals Archive. So, uh, all right, let's hit it off. You can take the first go. Um, and I, and I, it's what I'm, I'm, what I'm interested about this conversation is I, I'm wanted, I'm interested in talking to you about, about where you and I meet. I think that might be the mm -hmm. best way to do this is like, where are the common interests? Uh, that way I think we'll make a better conversation. You're cool. So I wanted to ask you in terms of, um, cult, you know, cult classic films, uh, what would you say historically are your three go-to, this is kind of like a desert island question, but yeah. I guess I'm just curious on like which films or which set of films or which whatever even actor like what what made what was your movie like that your brain like snapped and you're like i gotta get involved with this shit like what was there a certain yeah. what was that and if you can share that experience i'd love to hear about it that's a good question um yeah the the, the whole desert island thing is always hard it's sort of like it changes week to week but when it's like any any anyone like don't don't yeah, yeah any, well, the way you actually the way you pitched that made me maybe kind of put in a different perspective that made it more interesting to, or made it more 
clear to my brain, which is, you know, when I sort of fell in love with film was even, and I don't know if this is the same for you with photography, I didn't even realize I was falling in love with it. Um, but what it was is probably when I was growing up, my parents loved um, old monster movies, specifically nice. Godzilla and um, and like the Universal Monsters and then also gotcha. like Abbott and Costello. And so I grew up with those and I don't really think it was something different. I didn't, I mean, I was young, you know, probably like yeah. four You're or five. You're mid, like early 30s, mid 30s? I'm uh, I'm 39. Okay, yeah, so 39. We're, I'm 53, but I mean, it, it's in the same ballpark, but not not anyway, but go right, on. Neither of us are anymore in the uh, in the target marketing audience. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I yeah, am the... for AARP, but otherwise, no. <laughs> I live in, we All live right. in Palm Springs, my wife and I, so we're oh, definitely, nice. we, get, we get hit with that. We just lump in, it's fine. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. But what I was is I started to realize um, early on that like I was interested in the things and love the things that other kids my age did not have any any exposure or interest to. So when I grew up, I started I feel like I started gravitating towards cult because I had consumed so much before that point, so much of the mainstream, so much of things that were already available um, that I was looking for something different, gotcha. uh, you know, and, and so it was one of those. Uh, and also, as you get as I get farther in, and I think this is why I love um your setup so much is it's like it's a constant discovery there it's oh, like once that moment you thanks. realize there's never going to be an end to the film that you discover there is never going to be a whole you know i'm like ah, i know everything that's out there you're wrong <laughs> you're wrong well yeah yeah and can so, i interject for a second yeah and and what i'll tell you to that is you're right but yet i can't even tell you how many days i start that and go i have nothing left to fucking post I'm done. It's over. <laughs> but go on. Sorry. Well, no, it's interesting because you say that because anybody and I urge people to go follow Vintage Annals Archive. That is Annals, A-N-N-A-L-S, not Annals. Also, a, a, but, well, it is, a, it, is a, it is a butt joke. It is a butt joke, but it's also, you know, you'll get a, you'll get a totally different page. Um, yeah, so Vintage Annals Archive uh, on Instagram and also VintageAnnalsArchive.com, which you put um, out there and you can kind of post stuff that Instagram throws you in Instagram jail for, which we all know is a pain in the ass. Yes. Um, it, I, you actually, I can see where it's difficult for you because you, the amount of content you put out is <laughs> shocking. I mean, I can spend an entire day's worth of, of, you know, pointless scrolling on uh, social media and just yeah. be on your page. Well, you thank know. you. I mean, I, I think, you know, as, as I don't know, like I'm one of those people that I don't give a shit and I give and I, I but yet I do give a shit. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I consider myself a lazy person, but I've built this thing. But I'd like the idea that it's a it's Instagram because it's a, it's an it's an archive that I don't have to fucking download or look up mm -hmm. or search through. I just scroll it. And yeah. to me, that was the beauty of an archive online that you could just fucking scroll. And if you wanted to, you could get to fucking uh, we're 13 years old. So what year is that? It's 2000, whatever, you know, you could yeah. go through it. Um, and what's, also, what's interesting too, I don't know if you find this in terms of Instagram, it's gotten so different that the shit I put, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is rude or if I share or not, but I, 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 there was some kind of like website thing where you could make a, a little Donald Trump heads and you could make mm -hmm. like a thing. And I just made a penis of Donald Trump coming Donald Trump faces. And that was okay back in the day of Instagram. Now right. you get shut down for that. But yeah, but I, dig I digress. Well, it's I, I like that. I like that concept though. We can go into that because I do think you know Instagram. 
people always say, you know, a social media site has a lifespan, right? There will be something new that will come up and bump it out eventually. And those of us that have built a lot on those are terrified of those moments. You know, like I know a bunch of people who are still on, on Facebook and they're like, I can't let it go. And I get that. Um, and TikTok and et cetera. I'm like, I, I pray to God, I don't know what I'm going to do with video uh, that much content. Um, I, I can't even imagine it right now. But the thing about Instagram that I love too is it's a it's a totally visual medium, right? Yeah. Like you can add text and stuff, but I I never gravitated towards Twitter. I never gravitated towards um, even Facebook, the, the other social media sites, because uh, one, I'm ADHD to the extreme. Right. And two, uh, my interests include such an important visual element you know my gotcha. first my first career was illustration and oh, you nice. know, uh, and uh it just it just spoke to me in a way that i had never found a social media element uh outlet that i liked so much yeah, but yeah, yeah. it has gotten really difficult to walk that line um and i don't know what your take is because i know you've posted about this before on instagram oh, which is always funny because i i've done it too and you you do those sort of almost anti-instagram posts on yeah. instagram and it's just really and weird people just get mad at you for, for, for people get mad at you for like well then get off motherfucker i'm just saying i'm just sharing an opinion sorry sir yeah i'm just like i'm like <laughs> i'm just sharing facts about what we had to go through um yeah. but it's also this weird thing where i feel like it used to be a viewer's um platform like i'd put stuff out and people would consume my content and now there's this interactive element that has sort of gone sideways for me because i'm finding now everybody from uh, like a socially ethical conscientious person to an outright monstrous bigoted racist troll right. has the ability to sort of flag content um, right. for inappropriate and what happens is is it really seems to be like hitting the hardest at um at, at sort of outsider i love oh, that term yeah. too outsider content yes. a queer content so many oh, of yes. my so many of my uh, gay anything queer sex friends, anything oh, drugs it is it is really brutal and yeah. it's made it so you know i i kind of don't always understand like i can see somebody reposting pictures of women flashing their vagina before right. i can see someone's personal photo um going to Folsom street fair you know what i mean like it just i don't really understand it and it can only come from this sort of arbitrary system i i've you know i don't want to get too much into this because this because i've like had to really fight to get over all this shit, but yeah. I can say like I thought I, I spent 17 hours on the I joined I, I paid for the like whatever it was the membership shit mm -hmm. so I could get customer service but it's all bots it and is. I, I argued with bots for 17 hours and I, I got my account mostly restored but it was shut down for for almost like nine months and my following went down 90 percent because I was they weren't sharing my information anymore right. and it was because of the most dumb fucking shit yeah and I don't mind getting flagged if I if I push it but like, you know, I had one of the things I posted, it was, um, uh, it was from 1970s. It was, it just said proud dyke. Yeah. Right. And then that got flagged for hate speech. Right. And it's because, you know, I have trolls. I, I mean, I'm not always nice to my trolls. I block them a lot. They probably come and fuck with me. Uh, I'm trying, you know, I try to be nice, but not always. And you know, I, there's certain people, like, if you, I, if you want to shut someone down, it's easy to do it if you know the rules Yeah. and, and, and it, it is seemingly set up to only respond to people's complaints mm -hmm. because I've posted shit from other people's sites mm -hmm. to test it out. And yet it's not, it's not something automatic. So it has to be reported. Yeah. There there's a, what I was told by someone who briefly worked at meta who owns Facebook and Instagram 
is that they are, there have been some sort of, I don't, I assume they're AI driven algorithms to sort of pick things out like, oh, this looks like a gun. This looks like a word, you know, yes. the, a big word and those will flag them. But I tend to have less problems with that. And when we have a problem, it's very clearly somebody, as you said, reported it. Yeah. Um, and as you said, and I, this is just not just my personal experience. Those of you out there who are thinking that it's worth it to pay for the check mark because you get the service, um, whatever it is, please don't do it. Um, I, I did get my it. account restored. Okay, from that. fair then. Okay, but it took to me know. eighteen hours over and me on, which was very hard to go through. Well, you know what though, that actually makes me feel better <laughs> because I I had someone and they didn't get any help from it at the time, but I also you know they didn't stick with it for that long for sure because their account was not completely taken down. However, I went through a um, I mean, it was like a five month battle to yeah. get them to turn off an ad that had somehow caused a tech problem and it was charging us and it just could not turn it off. Yeah. Um, and it got to the point this, this, and I actually, as you said, I had to move on. I, I totally understand that. I still trying with this. You can't erase ads. No, no. The bot, <laughs> by the way, that, the, yeah. you know, they, cause they were somewhat convincing for the first like two minutes. Right. Um, they stopped responding. I mean, I got shut out by a bot after five months like they actually shut it out being, every being time rejected, they started new being rejected by a bot can, can, yeah i want to i want you to answer the first question though and then i oh, want to sure. move on is that okay yeah um what was the first question uh just you know just some of the films oh yeah, yeah. that really you know uh blew your mind kind of you know i don't know you know again like what i don't i don't it's just me there's an island but i am curious on the on the films that have obsessed you the most uh -huh. and it could be any time like it could be it could have been a week like i don't know just mm -hmm. just certain films that you you, you fell in love with had a bit of a you know a healthy obsession sure. what are some of the ones that you're like oh yeah. man i know i love this one oh well so one movie that did i always love and i recommend knowing that there's a lot of people who will find it dull or boring or just completely hate it um is um it's a 70s movie called messiah of evil and it also was released under huh. dead people and probably a couple under you know sort of other sort of drive-in names but it's one of these movies where um and there was a nice re-release can i find it under messiah's evil messiah, messiah of evil? evil yep that's the, i think that's the most common one at this All point right, go on i'm sorry man no it's fine but it's it's made by the producers of uh of of howard the duck they made that later <laughs> and this movie what i loved about it was it's it's sort of like a, a Carnival of Souls classic atmospheric horror movie. The plot is very nonsensical, but it had yeah. all of these, uh, um, all of these weird elements that were things that I didn't, you just didn't see in the mainstream. You know, it wasn't extremely outrageous, but you have a woman who's by herself, who's looking for her lost father, who's okay. a painter. There's no clear indication why that's why that is, except for the fact that the house she's in or his house has murals of like life scenes painted all over just like life scene, like nothing shocking but the visual element was there and so i loved at the time i loved looking at it i thought it was really cool nice. it was this great 70s 60s aesthetic i'm gonna watch you later today it's I, I love it it's i'd be curious to see what you think about it but yeah. also um so I loved the look of it, but then when I got older and got more into film, I could still watch it and I would even get more out of it because all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is brilliance of uh, uh, of, of sort of conservancy, of efficiency, because they had, nice. this, they had this available to them, so that's what they used and they worked it in to make it interesting. Um, it also has uh, a, 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 a threesome, a, a polyamorous 
um, <laughs> sort of group that shows up. This this man and this and this woman and this sort of younger woman who is sort of you know slightly the third third one out. You know yeah, the yeah, one yeah. That's, that's the extra extra person. Not that mm. you know every every polyamorous relationship has that. But yeah, there's always someone being left out at some. That's kind of what it feels like. Um, they, <laughs> just just as I, I I'm not poly, but I can roll with them. But go on. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, but you know, but it was interesting because I mean, just that, and then of course, I I always love monster movies, and it has like a zombie element. So it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, this movie has so many things that I've never seen at that huh. point in my life. Like I just hadn't seen these things before there was even a word thrown around for polyamory. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, yeah. You, it, and so it was just one of those things where, and I can still watch it and enjoy it. It's got a great like 70s cascading sort of um, free disco, but close R&B soundtrack. Like it could have been Man, a really James excited. Bond I'm knockoff. Re I'm really excited well, about this. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to oversell you on it. So, but, no, it's, but anyway, <laughs> he, so he did say he was a salesman, everybody. Right, right. No, and that's the one I love um, probably the <laughs> most. Nice. But then I also, I think it's like, I think music, like I love the musician Beck. And I, part of it is I think, his music changed with me and it still seems to resonate gotcha. as I get over certain bits. Like I may not listen to his oldest albums as much anymore, but his new stuff is way more mellow. It just seems to fit. And movies for me kind of have that same effect. I can love a movie and never want to watch it again because it's not me anymore. You know, it's not, I'm not gotcha. at that stage of life. So like right now, like, um, you know, the Korean film at one best foreign picture a few years ago, Parasite is a brilliant movie. Yeah. I, it spoke to me because of, you know, especially, you know, especially being in, in the United States right now, as the the financial element, the social element, this this sort of crushing feeling of hopelessness that can hit when you realize that you have a lot less control over your environment than you thought you did. Okay. Um, something like that really spoke to me and still speaks to me at this time. And I think it it's just much more important to me than it would have been if it had come out 20 years ago and I saw it and I just gotcha. wouldn't have. I wouldn't have resonated. And so I like movies that, that I like these movies because I can change my my focus of them as I change personally. Can um, I can yeah. I interject for a second? Please. Um I want to ask you one more question, but then I want I want you to ask me the same question and then okay. I want you to ask one more question if it's okay. Sounds good. You cool with that? Uh yeah. I want to ask and, and I want to answer I want to well, I want to answer this question too, but I want to ask you first. Um what like what cult film that what was there a cult film in the last five or 10 years like that you would have missed originally that just fucking rocked your world that you had never seen before you know i'm let's put it in the last three or four or five ten years like like past your i'm, I'm thinking about past your whatever you call your prime of interest i mean mm -hmm. when we get older we don't have the same energy for it right although i guess we do you and i because we're doing this shit but <laughs> point is like i'm just curious on something you found later in life Mm -hmm. because that was vent that was of that same world mm -hmm. um but that that you found i don't know to me sometimes it's really exciting to, to be like oh i would have loved this in 1983 i'm really glad i know it even though i missed yeah. it was there, is there some one of those movies for you does not to be you know that you've experienced that you came later in life that really blew you away um yeah it's a really weird one too because it's not i would say it's cult but it's not it's not unknown it's it's a mainstream release and actually okay. i credit uh uh, uh Peaches Christ, Joshua Grinnell, and um, Michael Verratti for their amazing, which they're I know we're so, both fans. Their their podcast oh Midnight they're, Mass. They're the nicest people I've ever fucking it's, met. They are. They've been on. They've been on uh, my nice. pod several times. Um, and uh, and and uh, Peaches, I actually told her the other day. Um, she love, she I actually changed my life because nearly everybody I know who I work with, who I, I I love down here in the desert, I only knew because of 
her telling me one of her friends moved down here, Hecklina, who was passed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah. but you know, it's 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 one of those things where you just never know what's gonna happen. Anyway, their podcast is amazing. Oh my um, god. It's better it shames me that as much as we talk about like professional it shames me of how good it is compared to what I'm doing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that was why you know what? And I, I said this thing um, but go on. Sorry. I, I think I think Peaches will be totally fine with me sharing this. And Peaches, I'm sorry if not. But Hecklina once joked that um I asked her if she had a drag daughter and uh, she said, no, I, I don't have any drag kids. Uh, but if I did, I would do like peaches and just choose really successful ones and claim them as my daughters. And that's what I, and I love that because it's funny, but it's, it's, you know, somewhat true, but I mean, it's brilliant. Right. And also she does teach a lot of us, a lot of drag, but also entertainment oh, yeah. or whatever. Anyway, but I took that to heart because I was like, you know what? I will never be able at least in my, it's just not the way my brain works and I don't yeah. have the resources to do something as brilliant as Midnight Mass where you have yeah. two people with an understanding of film and through a queer <sighs> lens and they have access to the people that actually can really talk oh um, extensively so about these these films that I I wanted to I wanted to promote them instead of be jealous. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, wait, wait, what's the film that you're talking about though? The film I'm talking about. I, wanna, is, I just want to get to yeah, that. Sure, okay. is Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Very gay one? Yes, the very gay one. And it's funny <laughs> because- It I, probably sounds bad as someone who runs like a- Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but it's totally it is true a very, though. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's got this crazy subtext that, yeah, you know, yeah. as a as a young kid seeing it, I was like, I, I, I don't even think, I, I know I didn't finish it. And this is blasphemy to so many of our listeners and also our contributors. I actually don't love the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I don't, this, the practical effects are great. I love the people involved, Wes Craven, Robert- Well, you love the first one, right? I don't, I don't, I really don't. And that's the thing. I'm with it, I, no, it's so funny. I don't, it's just, it's one that just did not, I, I was a Friday the 13th guy. Yeah. And, and it was sort of like, which also, I actually don't love the first one that much, which is crazy. People just lose their mind. But the second one, it was like such a weird, it, it didn't care about the, um, the presence of the first one and other films of the time. It's a no. very 80s machine. It's like, like you, season of, it's like, it's like um, Halloween three. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's its own little beast. Fair. And yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and I love it. And that was one yeah. of those things that I didn't, like I said, I don't think I ever finished it when I was younger. Cause I, I don't remember any of it until they did that episode. And I try and watch the film before I listen to the episode. Oh, that's uh, very cool. And well, when I have the time. Uh, right. And, yeah, right. and so I was like, all right, if they're talking about it, I'll give it another shot. And I, fucking loved it and yeah. it was so that's what i would say because so nice. often sequels are passed for good reasons passed up on um, yeah and when it's a series that i wasn't super in love with anyway i would never have revisited that and, well, and they really brought yeah it to me. and i just want to make one more little joke and this is probably getting worse but like it's the movie is so gay that they made a documentary about how gay the movie was right no, it's true. And what's so funny? I mean, what's um, I'm just again, like, anyway, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to use the term gay and have it be seen as negative, but well, no, and I mean, know. it's not negative, right? It's, it's one of those things like we're it's not negative for me, but I feel people get I all am, percent, sure. I don't know, you know, whatever. For sure. Well, in cult, that's the, something to me too. Like, what is so I want to ask you yeah, this, yeah. The, the same question, all right, which is what is a, a movie you've discovered recently that you're like, oh, I, I can't believe I missed that, or now I'm so glad I saw this. <laughs> I have to watch. I have to start watching it more. Can I give? Can I give? Can I give two of them? Because there's like Absolutely. two that are equal. Uh, the most recent one is Society. Okay. Yeah. I love I the mean, body horror of Society. Yes. That scene. That that. I, I don't think you know. I don't think there's. I don't, I've not. I've not experienced many scenes like the end scene. I want to get mm -hmm. away. It's one of the most graphic 
horrific thing I've ever seen. And it's this practical effect probably involving 15 people at once. Yeah. Holy shit, right? Yep. Um, the other one, oh, wait. The other one was, uh, oh, The Brood. That That's like a 10-year oh, one. But yes. holy shit, man. Like, what a weird fucking film. If you think about it, it's not really even scary, mm -hmm. but it is. Yeah, it's so I love you picked two of my favorite directors for these films yeah. too, right? Because they're both body horror specialists. Yeah, Brian yeah. Yuzna, who did um Society. Well, that's which, the, it's okay, I don't know the director. Yeah, criminally underrated um movie because nice. he's he's famous for um, you know, he did the um some of the reanimator sequels yeah, with Jeremy okay. Holmes. Um and he also did a, a the the comic to film adaptation of the, of the weird renegade comic book Faust, which we're big fans of here, okay. Tim Vigil and um, David Quinn. But uh, you also then have David Cronenberg, who is like the supreme master of making us uncomfortable with our own bodies. Yeah, right. And and that's and the Brood is one of those movies that, on the surface, I, I just have to trust that I'm going to love David Cronenberg's movies because for some reason, looking at like the trailer and all these things, I'm just not that interested. It looks like maybe it's kind of a the brood, drama, a drama. Yeah, like it, it almost looks like it's a made-for-TV film. Yes, and then when you see it, you just <laughs> right. like you're just like this is. It goes from being sort of comically '80s, it's a crazy but, fucking movie, yeah. and then the end, you're like, this is a nightmare vision of. Yeah. I don't even know if this is bad. What, what I'm seeing is supposed to be bad anymore. I just don't like it yeah just i want to i want to just chime in real quick and i want to say the thing i noticed the most about society was how fucking good the actor was who played his best friend yes. i don't know what exactly i was like this is the best sidekick in any fucking age he was it was so convincing i'm like this is like an oscar award performance from a random person in this weird horror movie that must have been made on a lot of cocaine I'm not sure. As most I, of those movies were. I, well, and yeah, right. I mean, they, on set. You don't you know, make society many, unless you're having a lot of cocaine. That's not a movie you make without a lot of a lot of coke involved, yeah, in my opinion. I that's a joke. I've, that's a joke I always made. If you're in the 70s and 80s, um, really the 80s and even 90s, and you see an uh, somebody keep showing up in the movie, but they have no other acting credits than these weird oddball movies, they're the coke dealer. You know, they're <laughs> the coke awesome. dealer. Because they're, they're the ones that were always on set. Um, nice. So those are i love those choices um and it's interesting because we actually are doing nice. the brood on an upcoming episode of cult and oh, nice. films here and uh i and so i want to ask you another question right yeah, yeah which is so you're i don't like to use the word day job all the time sometimes passion whatever, but you're a photographer like that's mm, it's not, i i uh, none of these are my day job I'm a, I'm a special ed teacher oh that that's right at, at an art school actually which is cool that's See, that's actually quite phenomenal. I didn't well, know that they had something like that. To, to be, be fair, I did the po well in terms of the podcast. I did have about eight months of nothing else to do but the podcast. Mm -hmm. That was very cool. But yeah, no, I mean, I, and photography like is this a love of mine? I, I get paid for it here and there, but like I don't know, you know, it's a whole thing. But I, I, you know, that's more of a love. And there's a lot of places that those two things interact, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. yeah. But generally, yeah, I mean, special ed are. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I, I, I've always known looking back that I'm, I'm pretty fucking autistic. I mean, you know, Same. it's, Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, you know, Oh, the guy who posted 18,000 things is autistic. Really? Like <laughs> it's pretty fucking obvious, yes. you know? Uh, so, but, it, you know, but, it, um, because of that, uh, and having not great experiences growing up because of that, I really love being the teacher because even if I suck, I'm not an, I'm not a horrible person. To these kids, right. and you're not unkind, right? No, and that's, 
and, it, and, and I, I've, I'd forgotten that we, I think, posted a back and forth about that before. I'm also my, my, I do call it my day job. It's not that I don't appreciate it, but, uh, you know, that we all What's do your things. Day job? My day job is I'm an English professor for a nursing college. And oh, nice, man. That's cool. Well, it's one of those things where I, I appreciate teaching. I, I love interacting with people who want to learn, especially in nursing, because it's important. <laughs> I mean, we're all going to need that shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully later rather than sooner. But, but it's, if you were to, you know, if you were to ask like, what's the Dharma, right? Of, of what are you, what are you meant to do? To me, it would be talking about making and sharing films and, and nice. weird stuff with people. And so that's, you know, where I'm at. Everything has crossover, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that what I love about so many of your posts and also your podcast um, is you really, which is why I think it's great. Your podcast is called, uh, it's got the like suffix outsiders, right? Yeah. That was added like a third way through. Cause I hadn't understood that until about the third way in it's well, it, you, you want to, you want to hear crazy is that we were originally yeah. a cult and classic podcast, which by the way, it could have been anything. Um, but so now we're cult and classic films because that actually makes sense to people, yeah, including me, but you know, you, you learn as you go, right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you define things that you're doing as you go. And I think some of those are the best, right? Because you bring your own spin to it. Cause you didn't know what the hell you were doing. So you only oh, had I, your own. I had no idea what I've been doing this whole time, which is the best part of it. <laughs> but with teaching, I think the cool thing is that you learn a good teacher is not married to what they're teaching. They're married yeah. to bringing whatever they're teaching to the people in the classroom in a way that is real. Like, well, I don't want to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't want to share something in a way that is so authoritarian that the, the, the students feel they don't feel like they connect with it. They're going to do it. They're going to learn it. And then they're going to forget it because there's no connection. But if I talk yeah. to them at like real people, because yeah. they're not, they're not they're not my underlings they're real people i'm gonna see them on the yeah. street you know can i have a question real quick yeah and if i'm being very honest like this this whole thing is an educational project mm -hmm. strictly i mean i think you know uh i am i've worked with a lot of like uh more african-american kids and mm -hmm. if you're teaching somebody you should you know to me i should if i'm respecting them i should teach them their own history not mm -hmm. from perspective of uh, you know being there but just you know i'm a teacher like i'm a dj i don't have to only play one thing um, and good parallel. And I feel like, um, you know, you'd hit Black History Month, you'd hit, you know, Martha King Day. It's like, I can't just, I can't justifiably teach kids of color about the same three fucking people every fucking mm -hmm. year. Right. So I started to dig deeper. And I think that's why, like, it's been really cool hearing you the way you're talking about this, because it is, it's like, this is boring. What's next? Who are mm -hmm. the people doing the real shit? Who, you know, who's, who's, the, you know, like, and so, you know, even like with posting, like I do, I do, I don't love, I don't, I don't really, I don't say I'm celebrating Black History Month, even this month, because it feels weird to do that. Mm -hmm. But I do throw it in. But like, instead of like, being obvious about it, I will like, you know, I'll do a post, we just did one of them. There's a very, uh, I forget what they're called, but they're a really big punk band that came out of West Philly, where I live, uh, Pure Hell. And yep. to me, that's Black History. And, mm -hmm. and I think, sure. I think also, like, as a teacher, my version of history change because like history shouldn't have to just be fucking wars and shit like there's right. a history to all these things i think that's what i love about all this shit is like when you start digging there's a history to all these things and it's mm -hmm. more interesting to me than the fucking civil war well and it, it brings in everything right all of a sudden you start you start tying it to actual people and then you start tying yeah. it to yourself and i think it breeds everything from um you know like you said interest which i think is key to actually being a good person the more interested you are the more things you learn the more you understand other people and yourself but also it 
it makes us ultimately, I feel like empathic, you know, because uh, if yeah. you don't understand how what you're learning relates to the world that actually you are a part of that you came from, then how are you going to relate to other people with a different experience? You're going to see everybody as you. And if they don't do what you like, then screw them. They're fucked. It's over. There's, um, there's, a, there's a piece of it that's accessibility, in my opinion. And what you're mm -hmm. doing, too, is you're inviting other people in who and tell them they're welcome who might be into different shit. And that to me is also a way of inviting people in like, oh, I'm in a, you know, I, I sometimes think about myself in a weird way of like being a really weird fucked up Mr. Rogers. You <laughs> I know, because I am yeah. trying to be really nice to people when I interview them, but like it is, it is a, that certain vibe of like, come on, welcome. Like I, and I do a lot of research so I can honor them. And I don't know, you know, it's a whole thing, but I love that. I love that there's, I think what you're doing is, is a kindness because you're sharing shit you're into and you're, you know, you bring people in and the more diverse you are, the more people you get to bring in. That's just like a natural rule of like nature that I don't know how our fucking world has not figured out yet, because right. the more diverse it is, the more you're going to succeed. Right. And yeah. It seems we, like, yeah, go we on. often, we often think in terms of um, colonization or um, assimilation uh, as opposed to uh, it's sort of the misnomer of, it seemed like for a long time, the best answer was colorblind, but that's not the best answer, right? It's, it's right. color conscious or whatever you want to call it. Now it's like differences are important. And also it's important to our identity. You can't erase someone else and say, we're all the same. It's, it's like, it's but just it, not working, but also yeah. you can't segregate like the ideas like, Oh, better or worse, because people have a tendency to put themselves above other people for their own mental safety. So it's this really, it, I agree. Education is really communication to me, right? Like well, I'm sharing yeah. things, you know, and, and, I, and I think what I learned about as a teacher, if I can just add is that like, if you use diversity, I mean, I'm a special teacher, I'm trained for this, I'm trained to, to understand that each kid is going to process differently. So, you know, I change a lot of what I'm doing. One day I'm showing a video, next day maybe I'm doing a lecture, the other day I'm like having them explore, because if I change topic and if I change the, the way I'm presenting it, I'm going to get each kid in the class at, at least one day out of like three mm -hmm. weeks. And I yeah. think, again, it's welcoming people like that. It's yeah. doing something. I know, you know, again, I also think it's like, you know, your point of like, it's fucking boring if you don't do that. Right. And even if it's a subject you love, like, I don't care who, who loves to write or write fiction or journals, whatever. English composition is, is crap to them. They don't like it because it's like, it's like taking an art class on yeah. how to use a pencil. Right. It's right. not, it doesn't bring the thing that they want to do into it. And so I like your idea. I try and tell my students this and I, it sounds similar. You're not going to enjoy everything in here, but I guarantee you, I'm going to do everything I can to help you find what you do enjoy in here. Right. And because... that's, that's very, that's kind. And uh, like, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. If you would no, continue no, no. I had a more, I had a, so um, I, I always explain this and it's also very hard for me to teach it. And my place is, is kind of alternative because it's an art school, but it's not, you know, it's not super alternative, mm. but I've always had a very hard time in mainstream environments because, you know, I, I always talk about teaching. I mean, you're an English teacher. I always take, think about teaching English. And I was like, look, if I get a new camera or I get a new phone and I get a manual for it, I'm not reading the fucking whole manual and learning all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with English, it's like, oh, here's these rules and those rules. And we're going to go through all the fucking rules, even though we're not going to use 80 fucking percent of it. And it feels like, why don't we do it in a way of like a manual? Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this. Oh, look it up. Oh, I just learned yeah. using it. I think, you know, I think, 
about like education should be like a process of of, of learn of do some people learn by doing like let them bring them into it like why should we just teach these set of rules in a list like what does that do for anybody nothing and it also doesn't teach us to actually expand our understanding because it's you know this or you don't right when the reality is you what you sometimes a hard learned lesson i feel is that you go out into the real world and like oh i have to teach myself some things how do i do that right now okay like gen z kids if you really want to separate you know it's it's a broad generalization but um oh, i don't do this i'm gonna go on youtube right or i'm gonna go on TikTok and be like i'm gonna type in you know autism spectrum or i'm gonna type in um library search and there's gonna be somebody there sharing a very direct down-to-earth um uh, group of bunch of information to you in a way that is not something we necessarily are used to i think in in our generations really having access to because it's sort of it gets to that elitism i guess of education which is so frustrating because it gives people an excuse who don't want people to think for themselves to be like oh education's bad college is bad they lose they leave the church they do all this stuff when they go to college and i'm like well that's partially the fault of higher education in my opinion because not completely, certainly, but it's partially the fault because we did this thing where it's like, we have the information, learn this, instead of saying, hey, the information's out there. Let me yeah. show you how to use it, how to find it, how to do these things and that, that are going to help you. And that we did all these deep dives and that's what they are. There are a bunch of resources that people are meant to explore on their own. I've done the legwork. Mm -hmm. I want to do one more question. Do we have time for one more back and forth? Yeah, absolutely. Or yep. one I want to ask you, I want to ask you one more question. Then you can ask me one more and then we'll call it a day. Maybe each one will be whatever, how much time you have. But I'm curious if you were to, if you were to start teaching a film class, I want to, I want you to give me three films you would show. And I want you to explain to me why you're picking those. Oh, I love this. Okay. I never, I never quite thought of this. All right. So first film I would show would be um, what I consider to kind of be the pinnacle of modern American uh, studio cinema, which is The Godfather. I think Francis yeah, Ford yeah. Coppola okay. and the team, they you. did an amazing film. Um, yeah. I would also talk about the history and the making of the film because it's very dramatic and it sort of reveals that, hey, this thing that we all think is, from, from a film studies perspective, we all think is kind of perfect, was a nightmare to make. Did you watch and that, did you watch that, that, that um, series? Yes. Was yeah, it accurate was it at all? Yes and no. I recommend um, I recommend the 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 new book Past the Cannoli. Uh, okay. It's it's I, unfortunately I'm so sorry I can't remember the name of the author right now. But it's really cool right. because it's a, there's so many books and 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 footage about it things like that that he sort of takes many 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 of them and puts them together and it's a uh, cool. It's one of those things where you're like oh it to me it helps me with every area in life and I'm like oh this thing that I think is so amazing and so sort of unattainable as a creation for me. Yeah um it was a fucking nightmare and so if they had so much trouble and if this was a nightmare and they could still come out with this maybe that shit that i'm going through that's a nightmare yeah. may come out like that I, I also think it brings a good point of i love robert evans but i'm sure it was mm. not easy to deal with robert evans right right i mean i'm <laughs> I sure love him, but he... could be a pain in the ass right so anyway um, um and the guy who played this one thing the guy who played fucking uh um who played uh the guy uh Robert Evans, Robert Evans also Jewish. I didn't even know that, but the guy who played him was amazing. Yeah. Go no. on, sorry, man. No, no, you're fine. Um, and, and then I think, then what Second I would film. do is, I would start going what many people will consider down into, you know, into the street level and then into the sewer from the, from the past. <laughs> I would go and I would show them something like, um, I would probably show them something like society because yeah. I want to, that is two really 
excellent ends of the spectrum. That's not the sewer? <laughs> right, right. Oh, trust me. Yeah, no, we have, so society is, it costs money to make. There are actors yeah, yeah. in it, right? Oh, but yeah. it's not, but it's certainly not the multi-million dollar production no. that ended up, you know, launching, um, you know, it's not Saving Private Ryan level money. No, no. Okay? No. Uh, and so, but you see, oh, when you have an idea that's so off the beaten path, when you have something that is just not palatable to, you know, you you show the you show the ass face scene from uh, oh my god that's all I'm gonna call it from society yeah. oh to what I would consider someone who just typically goes to the movies <laughs> a couple of times a year you know yeah. and watches and watches you know general TV shows and stuff like CSI etc not, not dissing anyone but they're going to be shocked and yet for some of us it's not shocking we're like oh this is engaging right it's still a little shocking but that's part of the fun. Yeah. I want, to, um, I want to relate something to you real quick sure. that I think some of my favorite movies are the marriage of the weird art shit and Hollywood. Yes. I don't know I if you've ever seen the movie Pumpkin. I don't know if you saw Bottoms. Uh, Bottoms is great. I haven't seen Pumpkin. These are movies that I feel like are like this perfect connection of like out there artsy weird shit and but it's kind of pretending to be a mm -hmm. mainstream movie and especially when they advertise it I feel like they kind of push it like oh it's a teen romp. Yes, but, you exactly. know, Bottoms is a dark, fucking amazing, it's, funny movie. Yes, it's like, hey, here's a teen comedy, and we're gonna pretend that it's a little bit out there because it's, it's starring a lesbian pair of girls, and so it's, it's pushing them up. And then you get there, and you're like, oh, it's a bloodbath. I see. It's also a comedy and a satire and a social commentary. Yeah, it, it felt like Heather's to me. It felt like weird science. I don't mean to reduce it to that, but mm. it just had so many. And, it, and I've watched that movie ten times. So far, it's entertaining. I, and everybody anyway, involved but, was pretty excellent. So oh, yes, God. bottoms. We actually, I recommended it on our summer summer watch series. But I'd love one to of my one of my favorite watches in the last. Well, it definitely is. It's in there with a move, which a movie that I will watch multiple times because of the cult thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And what's I, your third one? My third one is I'm going to go wait, down. Did you just oh that, the second that was just society. Okay, and there was the second. So the third okay. one is we're now off the street level and we're into the sewer. And I mean this in the best way possible. I would show them a film that, that we actually released with our cult and classic films nice. um, release, um, which just for anybody who doesn't know, because I know your listeners may not know, we're certainly newer. I'm not sure how many listeners we have, but keep no, talking. Nah, well, you know, join the clue. <laughs> we're, we're, that's why we're talking to each other, at least one it's person. True. Um, it's true. It's is we make sure that the filmmakers get paid for every single copy sold and they don't pay nice. us anything. They just oh, provide shit, us man. the That's material. Really cool. We make the covers. We find the artists to do that. We yeah. cover distribution, the whole deal, and we give them we give customers. Oh, you, a whole bunch you of I need to you need I need to talk after this and see if we can do some shit Absolutely. together. Please. I'm Absolutely. totally trying to do that shit myself. Um, excellent. Love it. Um I would I would show them uh the Janice.click film. Uh he's writer director, and that's his his uh his as he says, that's my name for legal purposes. Um, he made a movie called Fish Piss uh, in 2023. And Is that one word? One, uh, it's two words actually, but, um, and uh, and you know what, after this, I'll send you a copy. I'll send you a oh, copy. Oh, I'd appreciate that. Um, I'll send thing, you something back as a thank you. Yay, I love it. So <laughs> what is so great about Fish Piss is there's two things. <laughs> one, it's made, he intentionally makes things with very old attainable equipment. Something nice. you could find at Goodwill, an estate sale, your parents' closet, right? A VHS yeah. camcorder, two VCRs for editing, all sorts of stuff like that. And there's two reasons that I, I, I would show it to the, to the students. I would say, one is this movie's plot is insane, yet somehow it's okay. engaging. Why is it engaging? And discuss it. The visuals are so different. They're so cool. The plot is 
in turns ugly, unintelligible, and also funny, but also unintelligible in some ways. Gotcha. There is a plot, and you can follow it. <laughs> and the, and the biggest reason, I, it truly, it's high art. I'm not I love it as a review. There oh. is a plot, and you can follow it. It's Sorry. it's oh trust. Uh, yeah, no, it's but and the other thing is, it is. Tr you can anyone and actually i this is a long-term future goal for cult and classic films yeah. is that we have a a class that people can take online and the whole purpose is oh, everyone shit, should be able to make movies anyone yeah. who wants to make one can make a movie and all you need even if you just have a phone you can do it um right and so that's kind of the whole purpose is janice doc lake is one of those makers who he makes films because he wants to but on the surface, it can seem like a, a big gag, a big joke. Like, how can anybody make something this ridiculous? Uh, but what it really is, is you start to realize, just like Godfather, there's like heart and soul and effort in here and you start to feel it and it comes through. And it's that passion, that real desire, that interest that yeah. we've talked about, you know, kind of throughout. That's the thing that, I think that's the reason why many cult films touch people in a way that many mainstream films don't. Can I relate to that? For, can I say something yeah. like that? So when I when I um when I got when I got to I got to, thank, thankful because of Peaches I got to interview Ming Stoll, which was all them hooking me up majorly. She's amazing. And yeah. you know something I found about hers that we talked about was that they you know people would like would say oh it's it's a, you know a bunch of amateurs and if you and, and I think maybe what I'm trying to get at and what I think you understand is that like even these weirdo films that might look like shit were years and years of people's lives and they put everything they had into them. And I think it's, it sucks in when it gets reduced yeah. in some other way. And I think a lot of that is just like mainstream shit, bullying independent shit in Absolutely. some sense. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> and it's sort of funny. It's like um, Maria Bamford has this really great joke that she talks about trying to go and be like a big sister and like a big brother, big sister kind of yeah. mentoring program. And, you know, she's a comedian, very open about yeah, mental health good. struggles and things. And she talked, she was like, um, she came in and was like, well, this is what I want to, I, I want to be a, a big sister. And they were like, oh um okay well um i don't know that that's right but oh no could you do a set for our stand for, uh, could you do a stand-up set for our benefit <laughs> and she's like oh dirty monkey not okay but dirty monkey dance you know it's like that concept right people love people she's love, so fuck she's so great she's brilliant and uh everybody listen read or listen to her new book it's amazing yeah and watch um, all her shit and buy always all always she she hit it on the head where so many of these quote bad movies, cult movies, and they may be like on the level of like, if you did a literary uh, dis analysis, which we do on our pod quite often, even right. if it's in describe, the area in disguise, <laughs> they are bad. Um, yeah. But we watch them and we don't just watch oh. them. Some of them do really well. People want them. People enjoy it. And it's, it's this tricky thing where people are like, oh, it's so bad, but they love it. But do you, and, as a comedian, well, do you feel like, you know, I think about improv a lot. I think about the what I, people love about improv is no matter what it is, you're dedicating everything. I, I love musical theater, and mm -hmm. just like improv, you can't half-ass musical theater. It just doesn't work. Either you're going to fully in, or you can't do it. Yeah. And I feel like improv, if it's done right, is the same way. Yeah. And I'm, I guess, I'm wondering, um, do you see that same? Do you see the love of this because you know someone was fully invested in making yes. this crazy thing? That is such a good, good, such a good point. One hundred percent. Like Janice Star Clicks films, everybody in those movies, including yeah. him and what he does, they are. They're two things. They're enjoying themselves. And they're fully right? fucking in it, right? And they're fully. They have no. There's there's no nervousness. There's no embarrassment, yeah. right? And because of that, it lets 
it keeps us from being concerned about them and the process and we us watching it when you watch a movie where um you'll see this i think in some of these low budget cult films where a director and i understand why it's there's no problem we I have no problem with nudity, sexual, uh, right. sexuality in film, uh, sex cells, none of that stuff. I mean, as long as everyone's consensual, rock, rock on. But yeah. you'll see in some movies, when you see, say, an actress or an actor um, or, or any identification in between or beyond, when you see them nervous in a nude scene in any way, you can sense that. Even if you can't figure out how you see it, you can sense that. And that's sort of an extreme example of when you see someone uncomfortable or not fully committed to something, no matter how stupid or how silly or how serious it's supposed to be, you can't, you can't live with them. All of a sudden it's lost. It's gone. And, and what, people who are passionate yeah. don't have that problem. I want to add one thing to that if it's okay, yeah. is I think the reason you, you and I may be like the same shit is there's no way to do that shit without being authentic. And I think yeah. even if something is schlocky and shitty, if it's real and it feels real, I will like it more than things that feel fake. Mm-hmm. that are that are designed to just make money or designed to like highlight an actor but like you know and some of my favorite documentary photographers were ones i, I do a page about this arlene goffrey she was gilbert goffrey's uh sister mm-hmm. and what i love about her work is she did she was a commercial photographer but she did her own work for like 40 years and she just had it under her bed and somebody came and they started putting books out and what i love about it is none of that was ever meant to be sold mm-hmm. it was just for her for to document her life and i think there's a purity when you do something for the love of it versus just the business of yeah. it. And I think there's what's sad to me is I feel like things don't match up that much. I, I think the best way you get is when you combine combine commerce with art in a 50 50 relationship. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't work in the world. Of it's capitalism. hard, you know, and also we get this and this is we touch this is the last point. I, I love what you say with on uh, with authenticity. And that's we often say things uh, we reduce we reduced our feelings on say a, a filmmaker to this concept. I loved their early work. Right. <laughs> and, and what we really, what I think we're really sensing when we're honest about that, a lot of times people are, you know, it's, it's, we all had our hipster phase where we're like, Oh, well, yeah. I like blah, blah, blah. Um, I have to be the unique you know, person, but we're really saying, um, I don't, Feel, I don't see the things and feel the things I loved in their early work when they would just have that passion to make it. The, the whole point was just to make this. Yeah. Then, <clears throat> then later, when you know you're making a film that is, you know, there's multi-million dollars behind it. You have a team of a hundred people standing around. It's not that you can't make a great film, but it's a whole different process, and it's it's just so much easier to just lose your way and just people pushing you every side. Just do this, get it done, as opposed to I can't, I I have to finish this in the way I want. Um, I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, I don't, I don't know if that is more an idea of just aging. I don't know if that is more mm-hmm. of just how that shit works. And there are some people that, that, that do that get past that somehow and Absolutely. still make interesting shit, but they don't make it every year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at John Waters, right? He, he hasn't made a film in forever. He's never stopped creating. He's never yeah. stopped talking about it. He's never yeah. stopped doing things. And it's just, and sort of, there are those rare people that they love what they've attained, well, you know, and, yeah. and it's just, and sharing it. Um, just one quick story. I, I had yeah, to say yeah, this. Yeah, go on. Yeah. You have, uh, Cause it made me stole, you know, wonderful, amazing. Um, they're course, on tour. I don't know when this is going out, but they're, when, when is this going out? 
this will be coming out um in just a couple of days actually we'll uh, get- it's gonna yeah well if it's on sunday they're gonna be in philadelphia and if it's on saturday or some reason they'll be in new york city well and peaches and mink do um they do cabaret shows every once in a while as, as well and they travel so check them out nice. mink, yeah, yeah anytime yes. you can see either of them and all of them it, it's a joy yeah. but um but john waters came out was invited to come out uh to where i am ranch mirage right up the road from me near palm springs nice. to a um a library writers festival and the writers festival oh. there is quite large the issue is is that one side of um of the the cities on on one side of the library are very conservative very conservative white retired wealthy individuals and the other gotcha. side is the very much avant-garde outsider um uh, sort of old hollywood revival gay queer communities yeah. all of that stuff the drag scene everything is on the other side so you get this fight in between and, <laughs> and you get and so what happened was is um is they had i love i love is, this and this <laughs> oh totally so this 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 writers conference came under fire from the the more liberal outsider side which i can definitely a part of obviously yeah. cult and classic films here um because they're and i'm not even going to remember which monstrous asshole they actually went with i can't even they just lumped together at this point i don't remember if it was carl rove i think it was carl uh. rove was actually the the main speaker which is insane because he had a book come out which is insane because calling him a literary um person is you might as well i don't even know i honestly don't even know i don't have anything i want to insult by comparing it to yeah he is that and so people were very upset on on the liberal side but somehow but the library was like well that's what we do because they are the very wealthy (laughs) library and they get a lot of donors right right specifically mass side so they said screw it there was a really great alternative one put on on the beautiful little bookstore in um called the best bookstore in palm springs but somehow they had also invited john waters okay well john waters didn't say no or didn't cancel he's like yeah i'm going and he went and he had his books and the first story he read was called necrophilia (laughs) and it just i mean it was the most perfect it was the most perfect um action to sort of to sort of signify he didn't he didn't have to uh he didn't have to say no or fight it or even openly denounce anything about what what the problem was with the thing he just did his own thing in a way that very clearly made messages shown to those of us who oh i love that and, he's amazing. And that, he is amazing. And um, I'm so I'm so lucky. I wasn't able to attend because the tickets were like 400 bucks, which oh, man. Out, of my, out of my range. But I was lucky enough to get an autographed book from him. So it's wonderful through kind people. It's just, I love that kind of thing. It's it's honesty. It's being yourself, but also, you know, making shit's hard. You have to sacrifice sometimes. But just the act, the worst movie in the world, is still somehow an achievement. Even if I hate it. Even if I'm like, oh, it's misogynistic. Yeah. It's all these things. I'm like, well, I have to give it to him they finished because it's hard as fuck. Yeah, um, giving birth to a, any kind of art project, especially with like, you know, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it should be a triumph. And I don't think, and I think people, I don't know, I, I'm all, I've always been very DIY. Like, I just don't like, I, I'm just like, well, if I have to learn how to do this mm-hmm. for five years, I'm not gonna fucking do it. So let me right. just fucking do it and I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I love the spirit of people like that, like yourself, where you're just like, let's just do this podcast and see what happens. Like, cause mm-hmm. everything else is just like, can't design this shit you can't you know i don't i would not you know i don't know if you've ever experienced this but sometimes like someone will the idea of like if somebody if somebody wanted to hire me for their podcast i'd be like i don't know what i'm doing even though i've been doing this for two years yeah because 
you know, it's not, I, I can't, I can only do it how I do it. Right? right. Right. Yeah. It's like, if you asked me, which I've done before, if you asked me to guest host your podcast, yeah, it's going to be my podcast. I, right, not because right. I don't want to, oh, not because I don't want to do anything different, but that's not yeah. what I do. I know how to do this. And I think I do yeah. this very well. And if you don't like this, I'm sorry. Uh, do you get you to, know. do you get to go to comic cons and shit? Yeah, in fact, um, we are bringing the film release business uh, starting hopefully at the end of this year. We'll be going to the cons because, you know, it's just do another you go to way. New York, to... Do you go to a New York one? I have not. I would love to go to the New York I'm going to talk to you because I I, always, I I don't know if I'll get in again, but I got in for two years and I always have an extra spot. Well, Ooh. I'd have to apply. For, I'd have to. I get in with one person. I might get in with two, mm -hmm. but I've always been wanting to bring someone else there because I'm I'm mostly there as a photographer, believe it or not. And I got really I lucky like, this year to take a, to get a photo of John Carpenter looking uh, like he's going to murder me, which is great. But go on. But yeah, we'll talk. It's I'm always yeah, looking for we'll next talk. person. Well, if I, I ever get in again, absolutely. You know, well, you know what? Seriously, I this has been uh, yeah, this has been a very fun, enlightening thing. And I've, as I said, it's really great to to. They always say be careful meeting your heroes, and I know that neither of us are probably John's heroes. But here's time, the deal. But... I know that's the thing. Yeah. It's a it's a little it's a little uh, much to live up to, but. There's a difference when you meet people that you feel a connection with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you start to understand more about, uh, like, uh, just from this conversation, I've learned more about myself than I did before. Nice. Because yeah, seeing, me as well, I would say. It's seeing things in you that you're like, oh, I get that. And that's, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't made the connection before. So thank you so much. I want to, yeah, before yeah, we yeah. close out here, and I guarantee okay. you're going to be back on at some point. Um, I'm not going to let you off the hook. Yeah, we uh, should we should figure something out together, but we'll, we'll keep talking another time. For sure. Um, the, so we're, you've got the podcast. Of course, people yeah. can follow you on Instagram. Um, and you have got, uh, I think, two Patreons, right? You have a Patreon well, for, uh, you, you say, we where can people find you? How can people I wanna, support I, the I want to, if I can do it real quick, I really want to pitch mm -hmm. our, our Zoom weekend celebration, our 13th yes, year. Absolutely. That's okay. So uh, that's starting, it's 8 o'clock West Coast, East Coast, 5 o'clock West Coast. We're interviewing Paul Williams with uh, live Zoom. We only have 50 spots left because, he, because we're limiting it. Um, mm -hmm. And that'll be that. That's exciting. And then we're doing like two more days. I don't know if you know Kevin Allison from the state, mm -hmm. uh, or he's going to be on doing a storytelling thing. Uh, we're gonna my, Arlene Gottfried. I'm going to have her sister on and myself and a friend of hers to talk about her work. Oh, so Dr. Meryl Meisler is going to be there. I think Isis Aquarian. I don't know if you've ever seen the Swartz family. Oh, she was yeah. a, she was the archivist of the Swartz family, oh, and cool. she's going to be doing something. And I'm very excited. So yeah, and you know we're I don't know we're like. We're trying to get a few bucks because I just like to not be broke all the time. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. At the end of the day, like I'd rather people just show up. But yeah, that that's um people could people if they want to go, they have to RSVP to my email, vintagenosarchive at gmail dot com, and then uh we're we're so that that's that's our big thing. But um yeah, the webpage vintagenosarchive dot com. The we've got a few different podcasts, but generally <laughs> the main one is um vintagenosarchive Ar archive outsider podcast. There's there's some offshoots, but that's the that's where they're i mean there's some offshoots that are put together as a group that are just episodes of from the main page yeah i i, I, just, makes I can't sense. i can't really it does and i can't really support it enough we've got of course here at cult and classic films we've got a bunch of different projects as well the podcast is the oldest 
uh, running of them, but we also have our film distribution. Go to coltonclassicfilms.com to learn about it because you can subscribe, get movies every month at a great price. Everything goes to the filmmakers. And when it oh, can't nice. go to the filmmakers, it goes to a charity. For example, January, we put out Polgasari. It's a North Korean monster movie that was supposed to compete with Godzilla, made with a, a kidnapped director and uh, and lied to special oh, effects artists. And, you know, and there's a great book at it by uh, Paul Schaefer, which we have an interview of on the disc. And the great thing about it is, um, it, it's North Korean, so we can't pay them. And we wouldn't, frankly, pay a dictatorship anyway. But because okay. of that, I wanted to release it. It's treated as, it's not really, but it's treated as um, public domain in the United States. So we worked really hard to get the best transfers of anybody has and, and, nice. and improve them. But the money goes directly to the Liberty in North Korea project or link. Oh, and that's so really cool. We can, everything we do, we want to make the world, but also entertainment and, and the, yeah. the sort of access, as you said, to entertainment and making entertainment better. And so, what was the first movie you guys put out, real quick? What was the, the first, first movie we put out? Was a double feature by a Canadian filmmaker uh, who named Adam Thorne, or Riot at the Movies, as he's sometimes known. He runs uh, an amazing um, Toronto underground film festival called nice. um, Terrible Fest, and uh, awesome. and he made he's made many many movies. But the first two movies we released from him was a double feature of Assault on the Snake Men and Boopit's Pastor, which is uh, the <laughs> I, I say it's the Exorcist <laughs> Muppets the most crossover, up, right? You never, the, yeah. Yeah, you never. That sounds good. What's it called? It's, that, that's not a, that's not an English word, correct? Uh, yeah, no, it's just Moopit, M O O P E T, uh, pastor, and and the other one is Assaulting oh Snake. Same disc, so you can get both movies and some extra All features right. on there. And seriously, you can also join our our Patreon. You can get to it from the website. Um, yeah. Just to you can either throw a couple bucks our way, and that way you get a discount on the movies if you want to buy one at some point. Yeah. Or you can kick out twenty or twenty five and get. We've got a. We give tons of cool stuff away we get posters with it slip covers for the discs and yeah. pogs the milk cap craze from the 90s we put those oh, nice. out so anyway to yeah. show that throw that out of my thing but uh but listeners colton classic films listeners you will not be disappointed if you um go ahead if you don't already i know many of us already do follow vintage annals archive um and and just bookmark the page because you have the uncensored the the un instagram safe content there and we didn't really get to talk about it but one thing i will i will i will herald you for is you don't just share the content the images all the time you more often than not give us information about it and that information is always positive and bringing Thanks. information to me about people that matter that i i didn't know so it's it's like like you said it's that history that actually feels relevant and 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 human so Can i make, I make one more that. mini mm -hmm. plug uh I, I think your listeners would appreciate i'm trying to think of the ones we did about film uh and i think the one that is i think the most interesting maybe to your uh group would be an interview i did with Ileana douglas who is one of the fucking one of our greatest american film scholars mm -hmm. do you know who Ileana douglas is yep, i sure do red planet uh and we got to talk to her about her book called um uh connecticut connecticut in the movies and it blew me away i, I didn't it's a kind of i don't love old film but she made me fall in love with old films and it's, i, love I that. think that episode and then and you know and last one says anna biller who did the love witch mm. uh oh, she's she phenomenal she's amazing and she also talked about her her gothic novel which i'm not gonna remember the name of right now uh, i didn't even know about it it's so I'm really good it anyway but that that i think for film film fans and then we got to interview amos poe 
who's like an old school like you know avant-garde kind of dude mm -hmm. and that was really cool and so anyway, uh, and and i do want to second the Ileana douglas episode for those for those wanting to search it right now, maybe you're just listening to a podcast that you want to follow this one up with. It's episode 54. You guys did it on, uh, on I think, November of 2023, it looks like. I don't know. There's also a, a podcast on Ileana's podcast with her talking to Anna, which is fucking amazing because both of them are su super... If you want to learn about film, listen to them talk because they're both film scholars. And I've talked about Love Witch, I believe, on the podcast. If I haven't, nice. it's a, a, a woeful... Um, mistake that we'll have to remedy but um also just that's a her films uh in her previous films included as well they're a master class in what it really means to make a period movie that's not set in a period so much as being of that period her movie the love witch is oh, the man. most 60s 70s recreation movie that if i hadn't known and i just saw it i'd be like oh this is like a a, a hammer era you know side project and all and shot on film when at a time when no one is shooting on film anymore it's, i have one, one more thing uh, i want to share and i will get um oh fuck uh hold on oh it's first wait it was what was it it was another shit uh it was another recommendation and i i just got lost on it and maybe it doesn't matter yeah it's all good i don't remember what it was. <laughs> it's all good um i also want to just give a shout out to i really loved your episode um uh with brian box brown who's a comic artist we're big we're oh. big comic people do you here, know so. do you know brian I don't know him personally, but um, you guys, you guys have the dead milkmen folks on. I mean, it's just I, I can't take credit for that one because I I, I had just interviewed John um, Ross Bowie, who mm -hmm. do you know John? You know John? Yeah, super I interesting know, I mean, guy. I'll John. I'm gonna meet him. Like, but... <laughs> well, anyway, like, it was a whole thing, and I was like, we we're talking about music, and we got into the milkmen, and then my next interview was with with Joe of the milk milkman. I'm thinking this person knows more about the milkman than I do. Let me just invite him in. And he, and he really took that one over. I did some, but he really knew. I mean, he, he's a, he's a dead milkman scholar and his band yeah. is based on dead milkman. I love it. That's, um, well, and that's, that's the thing though, you know, we meet people doing these things and that's why we're all part of these communities. And that's what, yeah. that's what these podcasts, these, these pages, these things we put out, it's, it's just yeah. to build this big community. And I, you know, outsiders, building our own thing i don't know what you would call it at that point we well, wouldn't be outsiders like, you know, we'd be insiders but I, I like that you're being welcoming because again i think both of us have that approach of just like because if i think once you try to contain it and make money and do this thing and be a big podcaster you stop being kind and, and collaborative because you can't right and, I, and i'm not even i don't even give anybody fault for that but it's like that approach to me kills art because then you can't be open to other people and things because you have to be self-focused and like well i gotta worry about me and i understand that if you want to make a living at this you have to be you gotta do your own shit and kind of keep your own lane but it sucks and it makes it worse yeah and, and it's a final <laughs> no it's totally true and a final word is that whole thing you just touched on it we often say oh you know especially i was saying for a punk band for 10 years you know the chud it opens and closes our our pod here and i'll just say that we you hear things like sell out all the time. There is, it's a very hard thing to, to run that fine line between I need to make the money to make this happen and keep myself going to make this happen and also maintain the things that I love about it. Because those people, when they make something, when they stop making things that you enjoy, they often are not enjoying it themselves. I truly believe that. So what happens is, is people get desperate and they, they lose it. So one, support things you love right? Support the yeah. art you love, support creators. And also, um, as a creator out there, this is so important. I was just talking to a filmmaker that we're releasing a movie of in the future. I'm very excited for, uh, I won't re release it now, but he's, he's one of those people like, 
I think both of us who are like, people need, you need to get paid for this. Like you, you need yeah. to get paid for doing this work. And the, what turned me around to really understand that it is important for all of us, like our Patreons and things like that to actually promote to a certain level uh, is it's actually not fair to the fans and the people that love us uh, and the same for every creator out there to not do that because it's like, it's like if we stopped feeding ourselves to feed everybody else, we're going to die. Yeah. And then those people can't get the food we would provide. Right. I, so you take yeah. care of what you can put the mask on yourself. You know, I agree with that. But my problem with that is I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think I'd ever want to do either photography or this podcast as my job ever, mm -hmm. right. because I think it would ruin it because it's not a choice. It's not my own time. It's, it, it, you know, it's directive. I have to start thinking about what's going to work and what's, and I just think that sometimes can kill Sure. You know, when you make, I think we're our best, I think this is my favorite films. I feel like the best artists make something they make that they love, they're making it for themselves, but yet right. it's universal. But when you, when you take that away, when you're making a film for someone else's vision, what is mm -hmm. part left of you in that? Right. Well, you then know, how can it be good, you know? Yeah. And I think, well, it's really hard, right? I think there's, a, we often get stuck in a box. And for example, like, I want to make movies. I want to publish my novels and stories, continue to do that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, well, this is what I love. How can I survive on this? Right? We have our day jobs and things like that. But how can yeah. I survive? Well, I'm going to take other people's things that I love that they can't get out there. And nice. all of a sudden, I'm going to be a Very part generous. of that pipeline. Well, it helps because it yeah. helps me, you know, to say it's completely altruistic is, you know, it is oh. altruistic, but it's, you know, I can't exist on nothing. I have to do, I have to make something in order to continue to do yeah. it for them. And, but it became this thing where I don't, you know, like you said, I don't dislike or not enjoy a single step in the process, even when I'm tired and even anxious and, and late, whatever the case might be. Um, and that's a hard thing to hit. And, you know, and to, I'm, yeah, it's so real hard. Plug, I want to plug box Brown because you, I, I've, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to say too much about it, but I've support, I, I pick three or four projects a year to support in some way mm -hmm. financially. I don't want to get, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of money, but you know, but we did help produce uh, boxes legal legalization nation book. Oh, very um, cool. because one, I, I've known, I, I'm very good friends with his wife and I've known Brian years, but you know, I, I wanted to like do what you're doing. I'm like, like if, if I'm trying to tell people not to sell out, well, then I have to give some money for them to do it independently. Right. Yeah, and I didn't give him a ton. I mean, he, he collected a lot more money from other people than, sure. but you know, I love that I get to be part of these things because again, mm -hmm. his, you know, I, I, you know, like I can make comics, but I'm not good at it. And I'd rather just be like, same what you're saying. Like, well, right. What should I do? Should, he's doing it really well. Check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I love, I just love that concept. You know, keep let's keep supporting each other. Let's keep yeah. bringing weird shit out that we like. Bring it yeah. out because other people will like it too. Not I'm, everybody. I, I, yeah. Who cares? I, I want. I want. Um. If you're cool with it, I'd love you to start collaborating, doing doing collaborative posts with us. Absolutely. The only thing I have to say is because I'm getting flagged, I I, I do like to. I do like to get an idea because I, I can't risk being flagged. I don't know if you would get flagged as a collaborative we not, post. We we have not been. There was a, a period, but we have not been flagged in uh, almost two years. Yeah, so. I I have a lot of trolls that don't like me. Sure. Um, so I just want I would want. But if you want to do like once every other week or once a month, like I'd love to. I, I work with people like that where I'm like, let me help build your shit and we'll work together. So if you want to start doing Absolutely that, let same. me know and we'll figure it out. Absolutely, and and listeners Nate, out there. Well, Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you so much. It's really hard to figure out how to end this as we're both like. Of course, we'll talk. Yeah, but this is great. I really appreciate We're going to end this and then we're going to keep talking for a little bit. It's just the reality. So yeah. you guys remember, these are not 
these are not existing in a vacuum. We appreciate you listening. If you yeah, yeah. have specifics that you want to hear uh, or things to come up with, or you want specifics of things that we could post together collaboratively, things that are crossovers, et cetera. Um, we'll figure it out. Let us know. Post us. DM us. Inst- oh, you're you know, talking to them. Yeah. Well, anybody. <laughs> you and I will figure something out too. But you at, know, some, the- at, some, at some point one day, like, I, I interview them, they're like, for your listeners, and I'm like, I've never said that. I know. I never well, you know, thought about it. Again, that's the marketing guy. Um, I like uh, yeah. uh, Ken Rudin, and I, I feel so bad for forgetting his name. They were two um, political journalists that I think they've mostly, Ken Russell, I think they retired mostly, but they had the NPR thing, and they'd, list, they'd always say this, thank you to the listener for joining our show, <laughs> and I always feel that way. Um, yeah. So anyway, thank you. Follow yeah. Vintage and Al's Archive. and um, oh, that Follow every, I'm, I'm going to have to, you plug yourself already, right? Oh, yeah. I, plug, right. I can't, I can't be both. I can't do both parts, but I will, I want, I'm encouraging my, my followers to follow you guys. And thank you. And, yes. We're you know. at Colton classic films on Instagram. It's nice. our most active place. We're also on Facebook and et cetera, other things, but um, check out our website, coltonclassicfilms.com. There's a newsletter, even better go to Patreon. Even if you can't or, or, or aren't able to subscribe for money, you can follow us for free and see our public posts about what we're doing, nice. what's coming out, who we're supporting. So thank you so much. Uh, on my end, we'll play us out with our, our normal ending music. And thank you so much. We're going to do more. I'm excited. And I hope you guys are too. And I hope you enjoyed this interview. Yeah. And thank you so much, Nate. This was really fucking great. Oh, no problem. All right. Anytime. All right. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.